0: He says, this will we do if God permit. And he spoke very highly of the laying on of hands, the confession. But he said, this is not your foundation. These are all means of grace to drive you to Christ, but they are not your foundation. And I feel that this, the laying on of hands and confession, we have made it into our Christ. Christ. He went on in the end of that sermon that he said that he has to look to Christ to save you. And in that sermon we heard Wednesday night, that I can relate with. That is the experience I have experienced. And as he said, that when you come to that place, there you will understand the forgiveness of sins. There he watches you in the blood of the Lamb.
1: Randy God it was not. Randy. Randy. Randy, i was just going to ask about where is, does
2: believing come in in the matter of salvation? Is there no such thing as believing, or, or God just saves save you? Or where does all this believing come in? Because in it, so many places He says, "If you believe, to them that believe, to them He gave the power to become the sons of God. Whosoever shall call in the name of the Lord shall be saved." But then. If you read further, it says, how shall I hear if, except they, without a preacher? But it is the work of God, but yet it seems that so often we don't hear this believing. This believing is, is so important because it says that you need to believe to be saved in many, many places. Uh, I'm sure Ryan Lamperdin could put uh, on <coughs> more because he he uh, Knows the verse a lot better than I, but the way I believe that God calls, God calls by His Holy Spirit, and He calls us, and to those that believe, He us power to become the sons of God. Those that believe
3: upon His name. Well. Yes, and, and another thing I want to say too is, is when they when they say you cannot. Um, a foundation on the forgiveness of sins if we believe that when we ask forgiveness for our sins and we believe that when we hear from a, a fellow christian that our sins are forgiven in the name and blood of jesus christ and when we believe we hear that as jesus's own words that our sins are forgiven from jesus why can't we believe why why is that not good enough that we cannot say jesus said my sins are forgiven And I can put my foundation when Jesus tells me my sins are forgiven and his name shall blood. I can believe that will take me to heaven.
4: That's the absolution. That's the gospel. That's our foundation. It's not in our confession. It is in the absolution in the gospel we hear in confession. We hear from the pulpit. We hear when we discuss. We hear sometimes when we sing the hymns and songs of Zion, and sometimes meditating upon God's word, again, God opens the absolution. God's, in the Lord's Supper, there's absolution. God has given us abundant absolution, so that no matter where we are, no matter how our heart is, we can hear, we can turn, and we can come to a, a full assurance again that yes, by the shed blood of Jesus, all of my sins are forgiven, and I'm a child of God.
3: But, but what I get out of it is that you can't believe that. You, I mean, I, I get out of it that that's not that's not where we should put our foundation. That's what I get out of it. When when they you know get that, that. you cannot think that your foundation. To me, that is Jesus. Jesus and the Word cannot be separated. That is our foundation. And when they say that the forgiveness, you can't make that your foundation. I don't understand that at all.
4: I'm not sure that they said that. The absolution is our foundation. Whether we hear it in confession and absolution or from the pulpit or whatever, the absolution is our foundation. Well,
3: that's
4: what I would say to that. Yeah.
5: Abby? I want to go back to Ray's question about... Um, where are you when Brian's preaching? And I wanna ask everybody here, why if, if it is possible for us to be at church every time church is in session, where is everybody? You know, I, I was just quoting to somebody today. Um, they're discussing, you know, whether you should stay home from the services and you know, if there's special even if there's not special services going on and a preacher being Brian Lampanen, he had said this quote, and I think about it a lot when I'm tempted to, you know, maybe one of my kids might be a little sick and I'm tired and I want to stay home. He said, I don't want to miss out on any of the services. What if Jesus comes and stirs the water, and I miss it, and I'm not there? Can God use Brian Lampanen to stir the waters? What's our excuses? We're going to call. Okay, who's preaching tonight? Oh, Brian Lampen, and I'm staying home. Who's preaching tonight? Bob Anderson, I'm staying home. What if we all started doing that? It's not easy to always be dragging our, our, our family, that's what our flesh looks like, throwing our flesh like a sack of potatoes over our back, especially on a Wednesday night when we have to get our children to bed. Where is everybody? Where are we? What's your answer? And one the last day, you had a chance. I came and I stirred the water. Wednesday night, January 2012. Brian Lampton was speaking. Bob was speaking. Debbie Copanen. I wasn't there. I, I missed the call. Where are we? He doesn't only really call at church. I'm not saying he does. But, but you know what? I was awakened through, listen to this. I was awakened. Right when our when the East Side people split was happening, I was sitting in this bench listening to Wayne Hillman. I was listening to Dougie Covenant. I was listening to the preachers who have left Thomas Niblum. And he and you know, I don't. I believe that they, it was wrong doctrine, but I heard the word in these benches, well, they can and and I, I heard the word through listening to the elders, as My dad recorded. His recordings on sermon, less than hours and hours and hours. I was awakened through the preached word, and we're going to stay home. Where are we? Where are we on earth? When we can gather together, say to gather all the more. Does anybody have an answer? There's no excuse.
6: We have
7: Ruth and then Jean.
8: I want to go back to the word believe. And they talked about the word believing, um, the, the power to believe and the strength to believe is, does not come from within us, it comes from God and God alone. He gives us that strength and that power to believe.
2: Yeah, I,
0: actually mentioned that I, was, I was speaking about Romans 10 and it does mention that, isn't it? Right. but it doesn't mean that we don't believe, right? We still believe. Mm-hmm.
2: So I was just asking, where does bleeding come in? I don't seem to hear that often. That's
9: all I'm saying. Gene?
10: Well, I know, Steve, it's probably occurred to you that nothing occurs without. God. But has it ever occurred to you that as much as Brian Lampin is, dividing this church, you may also be? Has that ever occurred to you?
4: when uh, I thought I was a Christian. But uh, in one night, one evening, God sent a thunderbolt from heaven to my heart by his holy law and told me that I was a sinner. And because I was a sinner, I had to go to hell eternally. And he put a period at the end of that judgment and he turned and walked away. I was forsaken by God. There is no greater death and there is no greater misery, there is no worse condition any person could be in than to be separated from God. And I found myself as a sinner separated from God. And it wasn't because I had committed some sins, had I committed some sins, uh, perhaps I could confess them, make restitution, remedy this matter somehow. But I was a sinner, and there was nothing I could do about it, and being a sinner, I must go to hell. And this matter goes to uh, believing. Then in in such a state, thinking that I was hopelessly lost, that hell was open and heaven shut, and I must now perish eternally in the flames of hell. I told an older Christian about what was happening. And he said, well, you know, the Lord is speaking to you. And I remember saying, well, if God is speaking, he sure is. I, I said, he sure speaks loudly. I remember saying that. And then he said, well, you know, we can be thankful that Christ has taken away our sins and paid for them on the cross. And that was the absolution where grace opened to my heart. And I was able to grasp Christ for me. That's living faith. When, from a place of total condemnation, and one breath and one heartbeat away from eternal hellfire. When you know that there you must go, you hear a word that Christ is for you, that he has taken away your sin. This shut the doors of hell and opened unto me the gates of heaven. And I was lifted from the depths unto the heights. That word of Christ for me worked such a faith in my heart That every sin was forgiven. Judgment was completely gone. I was swept into heavenly places. And it seems like for a long time my feet didn't even touch the ground. That's faith. To grasp the promises of God's word. The forgiveness that is in Christ. To grasp them for your own heart. And to know that your sins are forgiven. And that God is on your side.
7: Um, Ted and then Ryan, Ryan, Ryan Kaiser.
0: Steve, do you believe you can fall from that state? No. Fall from what? From the state you just, couldn't, you just explained that you're in, or
4: was it? If God does not preserve me, I will certainly, absolutely fall. But I trust every day in his promises. That, that gospel I heard then is true yet today. And his promise is never to leave me or forsake me. So I fully trust in him. If I look to myself, I will be lost. I will fall. Is the answer yes or
6: no?
4: That's my answer.
7: Now Ted, and then Ryan.
9: Steve, how come it seems that all your answers, you can't give a direct answer?
3: My, my yes dad, no. I,
9: believe, I believe my dad, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, has sent you a, I haven't talked to him about it, but I've heard, sent you a letter with questions on it, and you got an eight-page reply with no answers. And tonight it seems as if your answers have, why can't we answer yes or no? You've been asked many questions, and it's always seems as if, we want to
4: sidestep things. Gene asked you a simple question. Count and is that, that, that what you want an answer to? Yeah.
0: yeah. Well,
1: actually, hold on. Could you answer Jean's question first? Because yeah, I'm. Gene's I'm question. I'm what trying was to keep, question? keep notes on three questions behind the, the have I considered whether you're causing division
4: you
10: just made the accusation that Brian Labyrinth is splitting this church has it ever occurred to you that you might possibly
9: be doing that and you didn't give a direct answer it's always
4: I didn't answer that question
9: why don't you answer the question <clears> Steve it's, it's pretty simple yes or no
4: Am I splitting the church, causing divisions? You
9: know.
1: He asked, has it occurred to you that you may be?
4: Has it occurred to me that I may be? Oh, I've thought about it. I've thought about this whole thing a lot. The question about falling. Oh. I can fall. But I can also be preserved. And that's God's promise to me in the gospel.
0: So the answer is no or yes? He it, it just gave the answer. That's the answer to
10: a question right there. And okay, it's an okay.
9: excellent answer. What, exactly. To which question? What you're saying oh, is. Oh, 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 letter, letter,
8: the people wait a minute. Order,
7: wait a minute now. Let's. By hand here and... Uh, has anybody ever uh, heard of such a thing like this happening in Christianity
8: ever? Yeah. You should all yes, be we ashamed. Have. God is not in his church. I have been recently awakened. Just the <coughs> faith in Christ and you are all guilty before God now because he is here. And he isn't like in is at all. I agree.
1: I agree what you're saying. The man answers your
8: questions. You've never proved him guilty of anything. He has always answered. He has been before people in this church many times. And you don't listen because you're gossiping. You're not just that. You don't talk to him. It's just ungodly. Ruth? Yes, I'd like to make a comment. I won't step foot in this building again. God is leaving now. I'd like to make a comment. You, you think that Steve did not answer your question when he gave two sides to it. He said, yes, I can fall, but God has promised to preserve me. What kind of people are you? We all have two people within us. If you have the Spirit of God and you have your flesh, so from the flesh you can fall, but if you have the Spirit, God can preserve you. So there are two answers. Because you have two people. If you have the spirit and you have the flesh. Why do you have to spell this out? That's frustrating. I have something else I want to comment since I have the floor. Gene asked him if he had any uh, premonition or did he think that he was causing it. Let me tell you something, I've been a Christian since I was a child. I know that within the Apostolic Lutheran Church, for the last 50 years, there has been a change in the church. It has become even more pronounced in recent years. When you listen to the preaching in the churches, and I'm not saying every preacher, but I'm saying a lot of the preachers, And then you go home and you read the Augsburg Confession and you read Martin Luther. There's something wrong, there's a huge gap here. Martin Luther's understandings, the Augsburg Confession, and the teachings of the church, the Lutheran Confessions, are not being taught in this church anymore. It says that these are the bylaws, but these are not the teachings that are being taught We are hearing a lot of other stuff that is not Augsburg Confession or Lutheran teaching. So when Steve started to read, I know that I I remember a couple years ago when when I told him about the history of the Reformation, that book, because I have read it, and I told him about it, he ordered one, he got an old copy online, and he said, oh my, There's a lot of, this is astonishing. And so he started to study a lot more Luther. And you know, there's this big gap. So when Steve started to preach this stuff, ah, there's a big difference. So you get hated, just like Martin Luther got hated. He got, he was, his whole life was threatened, you know? It is not easy to teach a doctrine that takes away man's own part man's own work in amen. his own salvation and to say that it is all god's work god says i am the alpha and the omega he's the beginning and he's the end amen we are saved by him alone in faith alone that should be our our foundation christ is our foundation. And and we ought to always remember that. That's a that's a central issue. And when Christ stops being a foundation and all these other things become your foundation, there's there starts to be a problem.
7: You know there's been a lot of talk about the Augsburg Confession and all of that, but I one thing that is missing, and that is, that is the Bible, the Scripture. That supersedes everything. Can I and to these, to these members here, if you can only read one book, please read the Bible. You know, because there's, it, we have a hard time, you know, who's given to know everything and all the mysteries of the Bible, right? And, and the Augsburg Confession is, when it's like that becomes our only doctrine, it's like, yes, it is the writings of the elders, and Luther's writings and all that, but it should always be backed up by Scripture.
8: And it is in the Oxford Confession; it is backed up by Scripture. Right.
7: So it's the Scripture we should study, come to understand, and then read the other writings too.
8: Well, but. I'd like to say another time. Um, in Greenville County, there must be—I heard Dougie once say—there are 1,800 churches. Mm-hmm. They all read the same Bible we do. And they all have a different religion than we do. They don't have the Oxford Confession. And these were the forefathers that put it together that is consistent with the scripture. And I would also like to say that in Greenville County alone, there are hundreds, hundreds of people who have been raised in Lestadian homes who go to Baptist churches and all these other churches. They've been raised in Lestarian homes. What happened? Hundreds of people! How come we can't retain these people? They have never been taught doctrine. They don't know doctrine. They've all, uh, they've all grasped a different doctrine, all these people. And, and let me tell you, I don't, uh, I've talked to a lot of these people. There's a wide variety of doctrines out there that have people who have been raised in Lestadian homes. And I'm, I'm willing to tell you that many of you have children in those churches.
1: Um, a couple things. The hundreds of people that live here, children that are going to these Baptist churches,
8: Yeah.
1: they probably started going to other churches when the big push came for us to understand right doctrine. I know it. Everett, you're the oldest man here. How long has how long has it been pushed right doctrine? How long have you been hearing that?
0: Hmm.
2: Uh, I guess I thought I would believed the same all my life, but since I've heard since I was converted.
1: Okay, ten years ago, did you hear sermons about right doctrine all the time?
3: Uh, I think I have. I'm not saying
1: not have you heard, but have you heard preaching? you need to understand right doctrine. Yeah. Okay, maybe I'm wrong.
8: All sermons consist of doctrine.
4: Exactly. Whether right or, whether right or wrong. Do- doctrine
1: is just teaching. It's either right doctrine or wrong doctrine. Okay, but when the sermon, substance of the sermon is, you need to understand right doctrine, not the teaching, but you need to understand right doctrine. That's been something that's been new. I'm, I haven't been in Christianity forever, but I know the sermons that I've heard 10 years ago, I didn't hear a sermon every sermon, them talk about doctrine. But lately, that's what it's been. And I also like to read, this is the Apostolic Lutheran Church of America's bylaws. And it says, The Apostolic Lutheran Church of America recognizes as true the Christian doctrine based on the Old and New Testaments of the Holy Bible. The Lutheran doctrine in the Book of Concord, the Apostolic Confession, together with the three ecumenical symbols, the Apostolic, the Nicene, and the Athesian, and the Augsburg Confession. And after that, it has those parts which are in agreement with the Holy Bible, and uphold the confession of true faith and love as the greatest law. And then it says, all ritual and polity of the church are to be governed according to the immovable truths of the above-mentioned confessions, namely that the Holy Word of God both Old and New Testaments, shall be the sole authority of truth, in the light of which all doctrine in this church shall be examined and determined. And I called around to find out what those parts mean, because we could take the Augsburg Confession, and I'm sure everybody in here could find a different little bit of those parts. And I tried to get a hold of Welford, but he wasn't available, so I got a hold of Gary Bertram, and he told me the three big issues that they can't come to agreement on are New birth and water baptism, which the Augsburg Confession states, and then remarrying divorced people that it allows for the innocent party to be remarried. And he's not saying whether right or wrong, but he's saying that the ministers can't come to an agreement whether they agree with the Augsburg Confession on those matters. That's not in the Augsburg Confession. Well, that's what he told me. Well, he says the Augsburg Confession, those parts, which are in agreement with the Holy Bible, and that's what he told me. So maybe that's not.
8: The, those two words, hold on, those two parts, were just added a few years ago. Correct.
1: Exactly, and that's why I called to find out what they mean by those parts. But then, I at, but then the, the whole paragraph after says that in all, this, in, in all these contentions, we're supposed to go to God's Word, and yet every time... You or Steve or somebody else brings up an argument, it's always about the Augsburg Confession. I started reading out of the catechism and, and I just found out that Luther didn't write the questions. I didn't know that. I guess somebody else wrote those, so we should throw that out now too. Only only but Luther. Who, who said throw that out? Don't 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 be hyperbolic, don't be going from Nobody nobody stars. said that. I said I guess we should throw that out now. You're speaking hyperbole,
4: you just calm yeah. down.
1: Okay. But it's getting a little bit carried away when the sermons are we need to understand right doctrine and all the answers come out of the Augsburg Confession and then the, and then the accusation is all these children have left and they go to other churches because we haven't taught them right doctrine. So you agree with me?
7: We need to hear more gospel.
1: Yeah, <laughs> oh.
8: Why they all went to different churches? Because they haven't experienced new birth. Yeah, but according to the the teachings in this church, you don't have to be born
7: again. Well, another thing, too, is when we say they all have the same Bible, that's not true. There's there's some interpretations of the Bible that are downright scary. Yeah,
4: And and there's a lot of use them. They all read a book called the
8: Holy Bible.
4: The reason that... uh, the uh, Lutheran confessions come into question, is because there are now different understandings of the same Bible. And that is actually why the Lutheran confessions were written in the time of revival and awakening and reformation, because there were different understandings of the Bible. And in this time of, of, of awakening, God gave us by His grace, through that fire, through that trial, the chief articles of faith, which is the heading of the Augsburg Confession. And it wouldn't be an issue today if there weren't again different understandings of the Bible. So I urge you not to throw away that gift of God that has come to us from our church fathers, namely the Lutheran confessions. And uh, the bylaw matter here The bylaws of our church were originally written in the Finnish language. The phrase, those parts, is not in the Finnish record of our bylaws. It's not in there at all. When the bylaws were translated into English in the 1950s, somebody decided to arbitrarily, against the bylaws, which require a two-thirds vote to modify them, somebody decided to add those parts. Those words are not in the original. Arvo Onerma had a problem with that. He actually got a licensed translator from Finland whose translation is by law considered original. Original document. To look at that place in question and give her rendering of it. And I I believe it was her. And the rendering is, there is no those parts in the original. And the original is unambiguous which state that the doctrines of the Apostolic Lutheran Church, the Finnish Apostolic Lutheran Church of America was well at that time, is the Lutheran Confessions, period. Also there's a separate document, not the bylaws, it's the Articles of Association, which were filed with the uh, government. And in those Articles of Association it is written that this church will worship in harmony with the Augsburg Confession. If we leave the Lutheran Confessions, we're leaving our church. We are leaving the truth. And I fear for the church and for the children should that happen. That is an invalid copy of the bylaws, by the way, that those parts in there. Oh, that. Yeah. I, have, I even translate it. Okay. It's,
1: it's not valid. Ryan? <laughs> I <coughs>
6: Question that was asked to you: Can you fall? And he said, Well, according to my flesh, I can, and, and what God can preserve. That is true. However, um, we can't look at it. When God has regenerated us, we're not just flesh. Like we're not just a evil, wicked, corrupt person. But God has regenerated us and, and quickened us and has given us the Holy Spirit. And I'd like to read a place in 2 Peter that explains these matters and that, that explains how God has given us faith by grace. It's no merit, no work um, not prior. And he's given us divine power. And um, it sums up the matter of election and we're making it sure. And, and I'll read it through. But this is in first, the first chapter of 2 Peter. This is how it's rightly divided. We should never um, answer a question, can you fall in, in like a, a squishy way as if to blame God? That's not how Peter does it, but he simply says it like this. Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained life righteous faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ, is a free gift, no merits of man. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. And Steve spoke of his awakening and his conversion and how God opened His mouth of redemption to him, I've experienced the same matter, and many of us, hopefully all of us are similar. And that's not where it ends. Whereby are given unto us exceeding and great and precious promises that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And beside this giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience and ye shall never fall, for so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Wherefore, I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, though ye know them, ye established in the present truth. That's the way it needs to be said. It shouldn't be evasive, or, or it shouldn't imply that if, God, if I fall, it's You know, but it's God's fault. There's nothing like that. God has given us everything necessary for our salvation. And if we sin willfully, we forfeit all that he has done. It's worded that way in Galatians. And there's many, many places that the blame is laid squarely on us if we end up losing the salvation that God has provided for us. One more place, in Corinthians, the Apostle Paul says that I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest I after I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. He has no problem with saying it exactly the way it is. Go ahead.
4: Now, those um, encouragements are for the children of God. That we wouldn't be as those who Jesus spoke of in the parable of the sower, where the sea is sown and it brings forth some kind of plant but not fruit. So those kind of encouragements are are there for us, so that we by the Spirit can hear. For Scripture says, for it is God which worketh in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. We have that encouragement from Scripture, that sinners though we are, we don't look to ourselves for our own obedience or righteousness or ability to continue in the faith but we look to him who has begun a good work in us and as scripture says we'll perform it unto the day of Jesus Christ and if we fall as I have already said it is our fault if we are lost it is solely our fault if we are lost if we are saved it is solely God's grace and if you want to use the word fault it's his fault it's his doing that we are saved it's our doing that we are lost that distinction is all that I'm trying to maintain and again, Peter writes in his second epistle, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope of it, by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that fadeth not away reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. I'm speaking of that hope that the sinner has, that God will not forsake us, but we can continue daily in repentance and trust in his will and, and his good will and work in us and for us. God is our trust. His word is our hope. His will is our surety. And that will of God is manifested most clearly on Calvary, where he gave his son for you and for me. We can trust the will of God toward us.
7: I think it Here was Gene, and then Ted, I guess. I guess, Steve, I would have to ask you a favor.
10: You know, when, uh, when our brother Carl was removed from preaching 15 years ago in Hockeson, he never once, ever, not come to Hockeson because there was a certain preacher there. And many he did that does not agree with for one sole purpose, that he would not offend one of those little ones who do not understand these matters we're talking about by him not coming and prejudicing their mind against somebody. And two, while we love the Augsburg Confession, I do, the stately piece of art that God provided our elders to write, right. I do not believe the Augsburg Confession has ever brought an awakening but the preaching of sin and grace had. The preaching of Christ crucified had brought the awakenings. As Wayne O'Habba says in The Streams of Life, doctrines had, were very insignificant when the awakening came over in Lapland country. But over the period of time, they developed because people had to know this, they had to know that, they had to have an explanation of the scripture. And you know what he said in the end? True, living. Heartfelt Christianity came to an end. That's what the preaching of only right doctrine does. Let us preach sin and grace. What awakened our heart. There's many here who would agree that with the preaching of sin. I went through that. When the preacher told me I was, I was on my way to hell of the movies, I knew he was right. So I put those away, and I put them away, and put them away. But there came a time when that no longer sufficed i had the same experience as you had to be under the tor- the eternal torments of hell knowing you're going there and when the awakening came of the revelation of the son to the heart i want everybody to have that same experience the knowledge of sin is what brings us to christ and that's what we need preached. we need preach christ crucified He died for our sins, for everything we are, and our sinfulness, not just doctrines. And that's why it says, lay aside these things, and let
4: us strive on to perfection in Christ. Amen. I guess the issue comes in when um, we preach the gospel. What is the gospel? When we preach sin, what is sin? What is original sin? How is the gospel received? How is it applied? Who is Christ? These things are doctrine, and they are issues under contention today, and they were issues under contention when the Lutheran confessions were written. That's why we have these clear doctrines because when we, we can't just say preach Christ or preach repentance, what is repentance? When it's preached wrongly, then. The Spirit comes to say, we have to, we have to look at this in the right light. And so doctrine becomes more important when the preaching veers off in the wrong direction. Doctrine's essential. Scripture says doctrine's essential. Paul, in so many places, tells Timothy, give heed to the doctrine. Uh,
10: She
8: she noted as before the Oxford Confession. Are you
10: willing to cast out the Oxford Confession, Gene? Did I just not uh, say it was dear to me?
4: Scripture tells us in so many places, to give heed to sound doctrine, and to keep doctrine pure. That teaching would be right that christ would be rightly understood and comprehended and revealed i think it was
7: ralph and then, then ryan
3: yeah, i like to uh, uh, read a little part where jesus spoke in uh, matthew it was on the uh, sermon of the And. When we talk about predestination, i, 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 I got to think about this part also. When Jesus was speaking, he wasn't speaking to Christian people here. He was just he was speaking to the Jewish people that were around him. And he <coughs> said, he said, ask and it shall be given you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened to you. And he says for everyone, that asked us, receiveth, and he that seeketh by and to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. Never mind, Jesus' words.
4: There's no debate on that point.
6: <coughs> Brian? I was just going to mention to you about the um, Reformation of Nehemiah. In Nehemiah's time, um, It says in chapter 8 of Nehemiah that that they read in the Book of the Law, and they gave the sense, and they um, read distinctly, and they caused um, the people to understand. And, of course, doctrine is important. It has to be according to what God's Word says. And when um, they gave the sense and they caused the people to understand, what they did, I believe, Because this is how I've experienced it too, is when the ministers give examples of how um, we live in certain sins, or when they give examples of how Christianity is lived, and then we see ourselves as wretches compared to it. Those are, that's how doctrine is broken down for the simple believer, or even the unconverted. And that's how his sin is known. And then in the next um, place in Nehemiah, chapter 9, it says that they read in the book of the law um, for a fourth part of the day and then they confessed their sins to worship God the next fourth part of the day. Six hours of each. That's how hungry and thirsty they were in the true Reformation. And there was no worrying about if sin is being confessed right or if they're making a work of it or Six hours of confessing sin, how many hundred thousand people and, you know, this, this worry about, about those. you know, we're making a god out of confessing sin. There's so little sin to confess these days. The amount of sin we commit corporately and individually. There's a lot more need for confessing sin. Yeah, that. and the idea that we're confessing sin too much or it's got to be curbed and spoken against is just ridiculous. You now there's no reason why a minister should be in motion down make a motion to read
4: one. It's written in First Timothy this way. Till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine but after their own lusts shall they heed to themselves teachers having itching ears and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables would we uh, so glibly say that oh that must apply to somebody else or maybe it applies to us
7: yeah. <clears> that did, did the difference be true?
9: between preaching about doctrine, about Jesus, or preaching Jesus. I agree. Or yeah. preaching doctrine. We hear in sermons doctrine, what did you say, Bud, 53 times? 35 times. Sorry, I'm hmm? wrong. 35 times the word doctrine. To me, that's preaching about doctrine. That's not preaching the doctrine as uh, both
7: Brian and um, Jean Grace. said. Raise your
8: hand. Grace.
10: Grace. I just want to say that what we need to hear is the preaching. What Jesus says: Bow you out to all nations and keep them preach repentance and remission of sins. And a lot of times when the sermons are preached here. They're not told what do they do with their sin? You know, we need to hear that, so they know so a, a calling
8: message has to be out there, so that they know what to do with their sin. Mm-hmm.
10: R- Ruth was worse than I. We don't have repentances like we had when we were growing up, because if there isn't a
8: calling message. I, I believe that whoever was counting the word doctrine wasn't listening to the sermon. You cannot be counting something like that and be listening to the sermon and the
7: context of
8: what a person
9: saying sure. sure.
7: at the same I time. Didn't, I didn't know. <coughs> okay. I'm. I'll,
6: I'm just going to mention in the Old Testament there's a pattern of how God deals with people and in this Deals with justification and where um, a person's sins are dealt with, and and the prayer life, and that. But um, just quickly, I'd like to mention the layout of the first um, tent or the tabernacle. And at the at the entrance of the um, gates, beyond the entrance there in the court, right out in the open was the altar of sacrifice, and that's where the people. Came when they had a guilty conscience, so that's when they came when they knew they had sinned against God. And they would lay their hand upon the sacrifice's head and confess their sins. The blood would be slain, the priests would assist them in, in um, killing the animal and, and offering its respective parts on the altar. That's where justification took place. Right out in the open, the person would confess his or her sins, and atonement was made. justification. Beyond that was the brass laver, and that speaks of sanctification. I won't get into that a whole lot, but um, beyond that was the golden altar, and that speaks about the prayer life of the Christian. And on the left was the candlestick, and on the right, the showbread, and beyond that, the holiest of holies. And it shows an order or a progression onto God's heart. And um, one thing it mentions about the sweet um, altar and the sweet incense and the golden altar there. It it specifically says that no sacrifice was to be made on that altar. And what that teaches us is that sins are not absolved or they do not go away through prayer. When a person wants to be justified before God, when a person is um, convicted and on his way to conversion, all the justification takes place outside in front of of the minister. There's a minister that, that brings forth and does... The, um, service and that same pattern is in the new testament too and there seems to be a little bit of confusion you know are sins dealt with in prayer or are they dealt with in the open or initially sins are dealt with out front confession is made the blood is shed and an atonement is there and the sinner is relieved of his of his guilt and later the prayer life then is sanctified and used, and, and there's much that can be said about the prayer life, but sins are not dealt with in the closet, they're dealt with in Go ahead,
7: Ted.
9: Yeah, it's been something on my heart a lot, how he's, we've gotten these comments that Repentance is used too much. It's too much of a focus in, in a lot of these comments. And like Ryan said, where? Where do you see all these people repenting in, in that? Really, it, from my heart, I remember when I was a little kid I and mean, the whole church was on fire with repentance. You could Don't feel the spirit moving. Today. No, huh? so we wish you, that would happen you Absolutely. Didn't. So, why would we doubt, downplay that?
4: I recently yeah. saw that in the most beautiful way. There are awakenings yet.
9: And, like and like, uh, Bud's <clears throat> wife said, where, where are people today? I've been I, I really thinking about that scripture where it talks about that those that were called to, called to the, the, the wedding. And they have this to do, and they have that to do, and that to do. Is that where our lives are today? We're so busy in our lives, so caught up in in the things of this life, that we we don't want to go and hear God's Word. Where are our hearts today? Where do we stand before God in these matters? We're going to downplay that which is, is essential, confession and absolution.
7: Ruth and Lauren.
8: Yeah, I, I have something to say about that, Ted. Yeah. During this whole persecution of Steve, his wife was awakened and she repented. And you know what? There wasn't any rejoicing in this church over it. Nobody hardly came and talked to her about it. Do
0: Are you, know you sure? What?
8: Well, not very many people. It was uh, it was pretty profound silence. Yeah. For somebody who's, uh, here he's a preacher, and many years, his wife hasn't come to church. And tonight she was offended. I mean, this is,
2: Well, this I went and
9: talked to her, it's just maybe, I don't know who else, maybe, maybe other people haven't, but I don't know where you're coming from.
8: Well, I know that, I know that very know few people, from. very few people approached her when she repented.
5: Yeah.
10: That's
7: not true. Well, I talked to her and rejoiced
0: with her. That's not true. But I feel bad that she had to see all this tonight. Lauren and then Ray. I guess uh, I feel the biggest thing that's been taken out of this church is Christ said, you must be born again. We had a preacher from our pulpit that said not to listen to that, when people tell you you need to be born again. Jesus, that was his own words. And yet we, God, we took a vote on that. And it came down to a lot. And what did we do? We turned around and we went against God's back and we voted him back in. What do you think's gonna happen when we start going against God's word?
7: The vote was for the lead pastor.
0: I don't believe that's what
7: Yeah, it was. Ray?
0: We make a motion, we close the meeting. Second. Second.
7: Motion made and seconded close the debate, and then we'd go on to the vote. Um, all in favor, I'll try a voice vote. All in favor, say aye. Aye. Opposed?
5: No. Then Before we do, I, I now, Sounds sorry. like we'll go to a vote. Before we do, I have a confession to make. You know, especially lately, when I'm sitting in the bench, I'm still very caught up in this world. I have, I have a hard time to even Listening to the sermon. I'm either being distracted, probably on purpose with my children, stuff that happened before church and things of this world. And honestly to I haven't left in my feet myself. Like the Bible says I know I can't. I
8: know
5: I can't. It's crying. But I have I not I didn't go to dawn and talk to her. I
10: know
3: when
1: I was weak and I was struggling, I had those people come and help me. And they obeyed the spirit and came and talked
9: to me. And I was wondering if I could get all
7: my sins forgiven. We're, we're, we're going to go on to a vote. We had, we had chosen uh, Aaron, a list. Oh, Aaron Copanin.
1: Ryan Cepela, Ryan Kaiser and James Horde to collect the vote. Did
7: everybody hear that? I you decline. I I don't want to be part of this, this mm-hmm.
6: I Don't
7: want to be part of that. Okay, Aaron Copanen, will you accept?
1: Yep. Uh, who accept? Ryan Cepela. Ryan Cepela, Ryan Kaiser. Ryan Kaiser and Randy uh, Goddard. We have another decline.
7: Okay, Randy Goddard. Randy Goddard. All uh, you're doing is just counting the votes. <laughs> no, it's like counting
0: yeah. Judas's silver. Stephen. I, yeah. Well, oh. held the coats, too. Aaron.
1: Who? Cool. Okay. Aaron Copinan. Aaron. Ryan Seppala. Ryan Seppala. Ryan Seppel even here. Ryan Seppel is. Right. Ryan Kaiser. I
7: tried to crucify him, crucify him. Okay. Ryan I'm getting scared. No, take huh. <laughs> care of maybe. No. It'll
2: be great. Randy, what great
9: are we end up that just vary on
2: the turf. But but then uh when it comes <laughs> to
7: kicking Okay. Yeah. Well, and <clears> we're <throat> we're trying to decide who the four are going to be. We need four people. But Aaron, Ryan's not here. Will will you, Randy? No. Okay.
1: All right, Aaron Koepinen, Randy, you
7: Aaron Koepinen? Sure. Okay. Ted, will you? Yeah. Ted?
1: There's papers and pens. Explain them. John, will you? And who else can I? That's, that's enough. Yeah. That's enough. Other than was clocking a vote. Wow. He to be
9: needed. Hmm? Yeah, three, one, four.
1: Yeah, three, three, yeah.
7: Four, pass out, pens were needed. Um, Everybody gets one slip. We have to define what the vote is. Defining vote is since the board removed him, the question is do we put Steve back on the ministerial roll? A yes means Steve goes back on the roll, a no means not. Is that any clarification needed? Say it again. A yes means Steve will go back on the ministerial roll, a no means he will not.
0: Off. The board voted to.: put him
2: off. Right,
7: And it's up to the congregation by debate to, and put, I him voted
0: to put
10: him off, So how can we vote to put him back on?
7: I believe the board can remove somebody until the congregation decides. So that's what we're doing is the congregation decides to put him back on. Yes, the board can.
9: Look. What's that? Wasn't enough paper.
6: Wasn't enough paper? i on side. them in seven. half, I guess.
1: Paul inside ripping up paper. Hey,
9: okay, can I just have one I can rip some on too?
0: Sure. Uh,
6: this far side over here, you're all also... set. Oh. Just so you know, yeah, yeah the very back just.
1: video kya
8: The Bible says,
9: whatever you do to the least of these, my brethren, you do unto me. Where's the more huh? Is there any more baskets? No I, think no. I don't
1: Let's let those guys take the baskets and you guys can go all and count together. Did anybody count how many people are here? Yeah, Ray's apple found it at the door. Uh-huh. <laughs>
9: prove myself. So I guess we put him
1: in. Keep him on. Yes, just to put him back. On. No is to keep him on.
7: What What was it now?
10: Just a little quote here, if I read it, is that okay? Or, anybody say no? No. Don't
6: read it? Do not read it.
9: That's fine. No. <laughs> I
0: have no interest in listening to a necromancer.
9: A what? A necromancer a
0: what? who speaks with the dead. that is not to
7: be named among the church. <laughs> okay, uh, Jane, you can read it if you want. I don't, uh, we're waiting anyway.
10: Spent in doing good than in disputing over matters which are at best of minor importance. The old schoolmen did a world of mischief by their incessant discussion of subjects of no practical importance. And our churches suffer much from petty war over abstruse points and unimportant questions. After everything has been said that can be said, neither party is any the wiser, and therefore, Discussion no more promotes knowledge than love, and it is foolish to sow and so barren a field. Questions upon points wherein Scripture is silent, upon mysteries which belong to God alone, upon prophecies of doubtful interpretation, upon mere modes of observing human ceremonials—these are all foolish, and wise men avoid them. Our business is neither to ask nor answer foolish questions, but to avoid them altogether. And if we observe the apostle's precept in Titus, to be careful to maintain good works, we shall find ourselves far too much occupied with profitable business to take much interest in unworthy, contentious, and needless strivings. There are, however, some questions which are the reverse of foolish, which we must not avoid, but fairly and honestly meet such as these. Do I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ? Am I renewed in the spirit of my mind? Am I walking not after the flesh but after the spirit? Am I growing in grace? Does my conversation adorn the doctrine of God my Savior? Am I looking for the coming of the Lord and watching as a servant should do who expects his master? What more can I do for Jesus? Such inquiries as these urgently demand our attention. And if we will have it all given to Catalans, if we have been all given to Catalans, let us now turn our critical abilities to a service so much more profitable. Let us be peacemakers and endeavor others to lead others both by our precept an example to avoid foolish questions.
3: That probably should have been read before the whole meeting,
9: right? <laughs> we avoided
10: the whole thing
7: here. Who wrote it? Uh, Charles Ferguson. Eva. Eva. Can I just
8: share something from? About- that has bothered me very much when I've read um, so much on Facebook about uh, Christians running Christians down. And this verse was brought to my attention many, many years ago. It's from Matthew 7, 6, where it says, Give not that which is holy unto the dogs, neither cast ye your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet, and turn again and rend you. And I definitely feel that the way some people have torn their brothers and sisters down on Facebook is casting pearls before the swine, because it's really giving the world quite a picture. And it's really really bothered me.
3: And there's been a lot of it.
1: tonight.
7: People can calm down a little bit and bring their comments there. Yeah. So we we'll just take the vote here and that's it the over. i got to read one thing that Sunday. There's no groups, but uh, <clears throat> while, while we're waiting here, there was a question come up and that's this coming Sunday, there's uh, services up in High Point <coughs> with Dave Lappe and uh, there's a lot of people going up there and the groups are pretty well not going to be here in that. So don't believe that there would be um, enough on the groups for the meals and all of that. So I was asked to bring before the congregation um, that Sunday if there'd be no meal. And uh, depending on who's here, you know, just had the morning and afternoon, we could still do that the same. There will be no High Point preachers because they'll be all up there. Um, So is it okay with the congregation to just cancel a meal? I can, I can, all in favor, cancel a meal. Say aye. Aye. Wow. All opposed? <laughs> well? In other words, we don't really care, I, mean. I Don't really care. We, we don't have the groups. It was brought up by the, by the group heads anyway, that there's not enough people here. We'll just cancel a meal on Sunday then. And then Sunday morning, and then... Uh, yeah, Sunday morning... Um, and then Sunday afternoon there'll be church here, and I'm not sure. I can. I guess I can check uh, who's going to be available here, like then. Mm-hmm. Boy, I don't want to have <coughs> The, mo- the uh, issue that was put forth, uh, and the way we voted was yes to put Steve on the ministerial roll, and no, not to, and the answer is no. i got to check the count. So that's, <clears throat> that will be the way we'll go from here, and that's the congregation's decision then. Doug, do you want to do a closing prayer also? And then we'll have a uh, closing song. Mary had her hand
2: up. She wanted to say something. Oh. I do believe the rebuke belongs now to the Greater Church.
9: Amen. Absolutely. Well, I can only really say from
10: my own heart, it certainly is not my intention to come here and offend anybody. I only wanted that we could all be saved. Have the same experience of coming to know Jesus Christ. That is so all that I would want for every one of us. But if I have offended because the way I am and the way I speak and my tone
1: of voice, who would that you would forgive me? He would also sin for his precious name and shed an atoning blood.
10: Steve made testimony of exactly the same thing tonight. Yeah, they kicked him out.
7: Or you can just do it
9: right there. We ask that we always remember your word and we remember that Jesus has said that I am the way, the truth, and the life. We can't draw ourselves onto Him, but we know that your arm is stretched from heaven and is not short that it cannot save, and your ear is not heavy that it cannot hear. So we always ask according to your word of the disciples went forth preaching repentance for thee and faith for their Lord Jesus Christ Son. That is what we would ask of your Father that you would grant that mercy for us. The Lord bless us and keep us. The Lord make his face to shine upon us and be gracious unto us. The Lord lift up his confidence upon us and give us peace in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. We
1: didn't, we didn't pick a song ahead of time.
7: Someone had his clothing song. 3.42.
1: 42? 342.
7: 342.